be like myself anymore I'm like a lost key in the kitchen drawer Just waiting for someone to show me to the door Hey up, my name's Ben, and you're listening to File 51 of the YYY Files. This file belongs to another young Stoke fan who has his story to tell. His experience following Stoke, like everyone's, is unique though, as he's got personal connections with some of our former players. He has allegiance with another of our local clubs, but thankfully it's not with those in black and white, otherwise I'd have kicked him out by now. Will Bailey, welcome to the YYY Files. Thank you for taking the time to come on. How are you, mate? I'm all good, thanks, yeah. Well, I've sort of been looking forward to this for a while, as you'll know now. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's good to finally sort of get it done. It, yes, indeed. So so uh, anyone who's been on the podcast before, if you're listening, you'll know that it normally takes a while to get these done. <laughs> Whether it's A, my personal life being far too busy for my own good, or B, just trying to arrange a time where we're both able to do something, right? The, yeah, the, well, there's normally a backlog of people. Obviously, like, we both have... Lot like endless amounts of stuff on it seems. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And it, out, it helps though that we are in person doing it for a ch- which exactly is amazing. So this this is the pivotal thing. So I I can't think of how long ago it must be file twenty one. I say with I want to say Marcus. So that was thirty of these original podcasts ago. Nearly two years since I've done a a podcast in person with somebody so we're at staff's uni actually doing a podcast in person and i'm nervous as hell <laughs> to oh, be I'm fair loving it. I, well you would you this is your this is your turf i'm 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 usually on my own turf i'm i feel like i'm an away fan no this is good it is good to actually do this it's actually good to have somebody across me rather than just a monitor with no face <laughs> Yes, it's been a while. We've been talking about doing this for a while since since last year. It's good we're doing this. It's weird because I actually recorded a bit for File 52 yesterday. So it's all a bit wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey at the moment. So people are hearing this, even though I've recorded stuff before, that they won't hear till way after they've heard this. Weird. For those of you who don't know, after me rambling on, the YYY files are Stoke City stories, and they're told by you. If you want to do exactly what Will is doing today, you can. Head to the yyyfiles.com, links in the description of this podcast. So, well, you know how this starts by now. Yeah. Why, why, why are you a Stoke fan? I don't want to know from the beginning. From So from the beginning, like, well, I've always liked football ever since I was a young kid. First thing I did was kicking a ball around the garden. Always okay. had an interest. When I was a kid, didn't really get a chance to go to many games, mm-hmm. whether that be my dad being busy with work or just not being able to have find the time but eventually found the time and never looked back from it Mm -hmm. so my first game first live game should i say watching stoke was the one that we got promoted in which is (laughs) of course it was a nil nil draw yeah but it was the best nil nil draw you'll ever see just after my birthday Mm -hmm. which made it even better like getting the tickets on my birthday really really looking forward to it i remember Sort of going through the club shop before kickoff, okay, and just walking out full red and white. Did I take you down quite early? Yeah, yeah. We were there. I think before some of the players were. We were my dad's always been like that. Though. Always, always wants to be the first. So it's your dad that's the driving force. Then. Yeah, my dad. My dad's always like football, like, whatever it be. In playing, he's played 
he's played sort of non-league before so okay he, he la- he's always been involved with football like he's coached me when I was playing football loved okay. it and he loved Stoke as well and it just eventually it was nice as well that my granddad was there as well nice and me and my dad and my granddad all went down um, not in the boothing which <laughs> family family stand to start off with start off small well, he was at least you were in a tier where you could actually potentially burst onto the pitch oh yeah we managed to get oh, did we, you I, I remember all just sort of we all looped to each other mm-hmm. and like everyone else is so my dad just picked me up <laughs> and we were there then it was like wow and like we ended up right by where all the players were celebrating mm-hmm. and like looking as you'll know now like some of the players who got promoted with us like looking back at it and I was like I knew you when you were yeah. at Stoke and it's yeah. like yeah it's surreal but it was a brilliant brilliant atmosphere and it sort of set me up for sort of the glory years of yeah. recent Stoke well normally at this point I'd ask what got you hooked now in your case I think that's a stupid question unless there's an in obvious answer here because like you you were in a the atmosphere must have been absolutely electric oh, and then to see a a promotion on your first game and then even after that normally I'd say like okay what well, what got you going back two three four five times I mean it was the best of times but was there anything else well so that that promotion season I think was it Coventry away where we sort of knew that was the one we I was meant to go to that game okay but one reason or another didn't tell going to mm-hmm. remember we were following it like on like the football shows and that mm-hmm. and we were like wish we went now but obviously circumstances out of our control Mm -hmm. but yeah the atmosphere and that it's brilliant and you know you know what it's like yeah so like that day was so loud i remember like watching back like the youtube videos now like when you see like how the sky how sky sports did it Mm -hmm. and that didn't even capture half the feeling of what it was like inside the ground it was it was just brilliant and that's really what, what like You've got this this many like-minded people all mm-hmm. under one one roof. It's, it, the atmosphere is incredible. Yeah, it, and it's strange because I it's something that I can't sympathise with because you're you're younger than me. You're like what twenty one? I want to say twenty. Twenty. There you go. I'm twenty six, and yet I got into Stoke after you. <laughs> I'm 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 a plastic fan. You see, um, I never saw promotion. I saw my first game was Birmingham nil was was Stoke nil Birmingham nil. And it was crap. I think it was in our second season up, and it, like, don't be wrong, it was still great down there. And that's what I'm going back. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm fully jealous of you for being in a position where you were being able to, to watch that team. And it was something that I, I don't think people were expecting at the start of the season necessarily. No, I don't. Th- I don't think we were expecting promotion, but obviously the lad, lads that were there were. You could sort of see that they wanted, mm-hmm. they were hungry for it. And like we had, a, we had a good, good team mm-hmm. for the championship level. It was a great team, mm-hmm. and I think if you look back now, what happens if we didn't get promoted? Who knows where we'd be? But mm-hmm. I'm just glad that we did get promoted, so we had all the, the experiences that came after. Mm-hmm. That's that's just some of those experiences you'll never forget. No, and you clearly haven't forgot. You're <laughs> with it. So you say it was your dad that got you into it then? Yeah. So tell us a bit more about him. Well, he's always, he's football mad. He's always been involved in football in one mm-hmm. capacity or other. Like I said, like whether it was my granddad taking him as a kid 
Was that what that was? Yeah. yeah, or whether it was him then, as he's sort of my age, sort of playing mm-hmm. football, progressing up through non-league, sort of local clubs as well, like Ecclesfield, sort of teams that yeah. way. And then, obviously, when he's at the age where he can't play anymore, he's sort of gone to sort of coaching my teams, mm-hmm. or obviously then going to watch Stoke, and it's he's always he's always passionate about it, and that's what that's what's kind of rubbed off on me is his passion for football. Like I, as you all know, I, I love football. Mm-hmm. And I think it's brilliant. It's a brilliant sport, and the atmosphere that it creates is brilliant as well. Yeah. Well, you're in it in multiple facets, which we'll go on to later. Yeah. But your dad playing football himself, you say, and then coaching as well. Yeah. That, that's that's something that not everybody has. Do you think he's got like? He said he was a fan of Stoke as well. Like, what? Where's his home if he's got one? You you say he loves football full stop, but if he had to pick between any one of it, do you think he'd pick following his club, or do you think he'd rather play for, for the rest of his life? Following his club is that the one? Yeah, following his club. He loves. He loves what he loves, especially. Sort of now, obviously, still reminisces like all people would do about playing. Every, every time he gets a chance, he reminds me that he's played. But <laughs> following that, like, he loves he loves following whether that be with mm-hmm. Stoke or whoever, England, wherever. Mm-hmm. He's always following, always loves it, and like that's kind of what's sort of rubbed onto me. Like, obviously, it was great when he was coaching me because obviously that that only built up mm-hmm. the relationship we had, like sharing sort of moments, and I was playing together as well as watching Stoke together it was, mm-hmm. it was brilliant but yeah he's definitely would rather follow than play now I think mm-hmm. well and and you'll have had role models as well not only with your dad but with that Stoke team as oh, well yeah. right? you must have taken inspiration from them who was your your first I think we'll go on to your team later obviously yeah, but I'll, like, I'll, I'll always remember obviously when I was, I was a mascot the first season we got Okay, nice. Promoted, and I put my favourite player down as uh, Ryan Shawcross. Mm-hmm. I thought he because he, he came in the promotion year, and I always thought, like, wow, uh, he's. Uh, I remember obviously we got promoted. We had likes with Tommy Sorensen, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Sorensen. I was a keeper at that age. And okay, like, you look at him and you're like, wow, uh, mm-hmm. you're doing this as a job. Yeah, uh, and I'm just. I'm watching you do it. Like I'm paying money to, <laughs> or my dad was paying money to watch you do it. And I'm like, yeah. wow. Uh, that's sort of, as, as a kid, it encapsulates you kind of. You're like, mm-hmm. look at these, uh, as daft as it sounds, running after a bag of wind, as my dad would say. Yeah, it's true though, isn't it? Because like, getting paid money that people could dream of. And it's like, <laughs> wow. Football's a daft sport. Like, yeah. Why, what, what? I guess you could compare it to other sports and go, well, football's potentially faster. A goal means more than like in something like basketball or something like that. So, and 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 there's so much history in it, and there's so much meaning if you win something because it can, you know, it's not just for the players' sake. It's people, as you'll know, around the club. It, the club will get better or worse. People will get jobs or lose jobs because of it. It's it's massive. So, it's a it's a great sport to get yeah, into fantastic sport and I'll I'll say this till the day I die football football's going to be long here longer than any of us mm-hmm. and it's because of how brilliant and how how it just brings everyone together so the, like I said before the atmosphere mm-hmm. everything everyone bringing everyone together no matter what your background no matter what your history mm-hmm. everyone's in that together and not many other sports can do that and that's what 
that's what we love about it. Yeah. Well, let's go through it. So you were a fan at the start of the Premier League then, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Let's. We've not done this in a while. Let's just go through the Premier League years, because why, why not? So you basically joined at the end of 07, 08. 08, 09... At what point did you get a season ticket? Have you ever had a season ticket? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we got, that was my first season ticket. It was the first year. First season Prem. ticket. So, so you saw basically every game of the season we stayed up. Yeah. Okay. And, oh, like, I know it was the first home game, but that'll always yeah. stick with me. Uh-huh. It's, it's my dad, my dad had this thing about always wanting leave to beat the traffic. And I was like, <laughs> I was like no, let, let, let's, like, I managed to convince him to stay because mm-hmm. it was like the first Premier League game that we'd have, we both, See, so we stayed, and we're so glad that we stayed because that just said a big will just live with us for forever. Yeah, again, it, it it's a moment I regret to have missed out on. It it's so sickening, but what a day after after being thumped by Bolton in, in our first game and Paddy Power paying out. Nobody gave us a cat and owls chance, and then did you know the significance when you were that old? Yeah, yeah. He stays. Because I was playing and that, so you still don't sort of know. Oh, that's massive, and obviously Villa were a, a good side. They were really good. They, they were a great side. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Sort of that season, mm. the seasons around that. But it was just like, like wow. Like I can't remember who said it, but someone said they'll do worse than Derby. Right. Yeah. They'll do worse yeah. than Derby. They'll make Derby look good. I think was the direct quote. <laughs> it's just like it shows that we've got a bit of fight about the team and the. Mm-hmm. You could see it in the players as well at full time, like they wanted that fight. Yeah. And they were looking forward to it. And obviously playing at home as well. Like the atmosphere is just oh, deafening. Well, a lot of signs in England, weren't we? Yeah. Deafening. And that and that gets on players back. We've heard Arsenal players since talk about it. And well, with Rory's throws as well, I think. Was it half our goals were scored by Rory Stones in the first half of the season it was something completely something, daft yeah, something it was like daft. without him we'd have gone down I think but then you could say that about pretty much any one of them which yeah. is I don't think any, despite there being so many different facets to that Stoke team that came up and stayed up like for me nobody really stands out like uh, not not on their own anyway it was a team of team players it, there was no uh, you see teams now it's got individuals but they want to play for the team. Mm-hmm. But that team was all, they were all together. There was no one individual in that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all together. They all wanted like the same common goal. Like, not, none of them were looking at the individual like, goals or anything like that. They were just looking for the team. And mm-hmm. you could see that in the performances. Mm-hmm. And it was just, yeah, it was unreal to watch. Yeah. Okay, so we stayed up. We beat Paddy Power. 0 Again, it was just... Sort of, it was like the same again, right? Yeah, we just thought we cemented our place, I think, in, in that season. We cemented it staying up that year because obviously, you hear about this second season syndrome, yeah. You, you still see that Huddersfield. In, in the Premier League now, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Leeds this season, Leeds. Look at them, like no, you would have thought no one would have thought they'd be struggling. Sheffield United, yeah, they've all done it, all done so, it. so many teams, even so before like, the ones I've I just think, mentioned. I think my dad, my dad, and obviously that rubbed off on me, he was more worried about this season. Why do you think that is? What, the second season syndrome? Mm. I don't know whether it's a thing of overconfidence, maybe. Maybe a thing of overconfidence, like players thinking, oh, we've done it, so we'll be able to do it again. But as you all know, teams are forever changing. Mm. So, like, the team, the team, the Aston Villa you played at home on the first game 
last season aren't going to be the same Aston Villa that you play at home sort of middle of the season hmm. it's it's all different hmm. and, uh, and are we perhaps lucky that it, in hindsight that we had a manager like Pulis who because a lot of teams like once they've stayed up that first season they're like especially these days they go right we've got to now conform ourselves to be a Premier League team we didn't do that until years after that we sort of stuck at what we were good at for ages we didn't sign anyone for absolutely crazy money we didn't have just a showstopper on their own um, there weren't any celebrities at Stoke really were there it was just a, a good team that worked hard and stayed up a bit like Burnley did I suppose when yeah. they came up and such don't fix anything that's not broke yeah yeah because like we didn't win games conventionally but who who, who cares right yeah we grinded out grinded out results and that was all that mattered like obviously when any of the big teams came you could tell that they didn't want they weren't looking forward to it like it's, you've got a lad from Stoke on Trent at right back Wilco and he he will just clatter you and not many other Premier, Premier League teams had someone mm-hmm. like, had a back four who would all just absolutely clatter you mm-hmm. all day Yeah, and obviously I know they got card like sent off and that eventually for it but well, that, well, that's part of it. Say, say for set a good seventy-five minutes, you, if you were a away fan, you knew your strikers. Unless, like, they were really, really good, and obviously you get some teams who've got, like you look at that United team, mm-hmm. like a joke of players, mm-hmm. but they're just going to get absolutely clattered, and they didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Like the Premier League, I know it's different now, where they probably wouldn't have got away with it now. Mm-hmm. Shall we say with all this VAR and everything, but mm-hmm. back then played to the strengths that we had and it worked it mm-hmm. was brilliant to watch really our away form was never any good oh no still isn't really but it, particularly then it, this like, season's getting better to be yeah, fair yeah it is but, it is but like, I'll get on to it but the next like, we'll get on to like, away trips and that I've been on because I've been to some fantastic ones but like, away games you never I don't. I think as a kid I never like, my dad built me up to never expect too much from him mm-hmm. like just go and enjoy sort of the day and like the days that stick with me are sort of like bolting away like as a kid what's the one thing everyone likes as a kid it's soft play mm-hmm. and uh, I remember Bolton the away pub as a soft play and like that'll always stick with me like yeah. going with my mate and me, like, me mate and his dad mm-hmm. to all the away games that we went to it was always them to we'd never get lost because his dad sort of knew everywhere it was weird looking yeah. back but yeah it's they're, they're the memories you look for in away games like I think people realise that now as well like you see the away games a lot of people have, obviously you want you want a result obviously yeah but it's more the memories you make mm-hmm. of that day that will stick with you mm-hmm. and you look at you look at people now I think more people are realising that now mm-hmm. and like as a kid I was just told always just enjoy the day out like we'll make the most of the day no matter what did you get many early on uh, neck the neck the FA Cup year that was the one was it went to every single game every FA Cup game or, or uh, no, every game every game full every start game that you're, season you're yeah. home and away yeah. league and cup that was the one season we did manage to do Very just, good. everything just fell sort of perfect yeah, yeah. Like, all the midweek games just fell on a day where my dad wasn't too busy with work mm-hmm. and we could we could he could get off early to take us and it was now old were you then Must FA Cup year was. 2010-11 so 9-10 so that's a that's a good age to be a football fan yeah right. brilliant because it's still it's it's still, still exciting and you're still learning you're still at the age where you can enjoy 
the little things. Yeah. Yeah, you're not you're still not bothered about the football. Yeah. But it was looking back on it now, I'm, I was in such a pr- like privileged position to be able to do that, and I know mm-hmm. so many people who would love to do that who can't. Mm-hmm. And it, I it'll that year will stick with me forever because of the, the the memories and obviously like we the quarter final against West Ham, we got tickets all on the day mm-hmm. for that because it was. That was the one game we were unsure about whether we could or couldn't go because mm-hmm. my dad was working away the Friday and he was down in London. So he, had, he shot up. He got up at the crack. He like, got up at like three o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's good. See, that's, to, that's, that's got, commitment, isn't it? got up at three o'clock in the morning and then he was he came, he came brought brought some breakfast home for us and then he was straight back out down to the ground getting, getting his tickets and coming back and surprising us with the tickets. Mm-hmm. And that was the first game where me, my dad, my mum, and my sister. The four of us all went. Oh, nice. The four, that was the first game the four of us all went. And it was... Other than their Mate, goal, but it was a great I day. I mean, yeah, even then, we we scored early. And I always think scoring early in a game, it was the same with Fulham the other week. It just... It, it sets the crowd up. Yeah. Not that it needed setting up. We were in a quarterfinal of the FA Cup. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? So it sort of settles any ner- nerves the fans off. But then I'll always... Especially with me being involved in football now... There is such thing as scoring too early. Yeah, you get complacent, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's mentality thing with the players or that, but obviously for the fans, it's just like, I think we believed anyway, especially with us being at home, we believed that we'd be able to. But just as soon as, it was who flaunted who got the first one. Yeah. As soon as that went, it was just like, wow, like, yes, come on. Yeah. And... Event obviously got it over the line, only mm-hmm. just with the free kick, but cracking free kick, great well. free kick, yeah, hard and low. <laughs> and I'll always remember my granddad. We the first thing we did when we came out the ground, walking up, walking up the bank with the wooden fences towards the green bridge, mm. ringing my granddad. who had he had the draw on, and like obviously United and Man City got picked out first, yeah, yeah. and we were like. There's a chance here that so we can get to a balls. final. Yeah. There's a there's a serious serious chance we can get to a final here. Yeah. And well, that, knowing Stoke, we'd scupper it, right? Yeah, but on that on that bridge when the draw got like, it was unreal. Like wave of relief. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, like, we, we were celebrating as if we'd scored. Mm-hmm. It was like, if you did that draw, and any other day, any other time, we would have got United or Man City. Mm-hmm. We had we had luck of the draw, the best chance we could. Exactly yeah, exactly right. And you went to Wembley, I take it. Yes, we went on a coach with uh, the team I played for. We brought we just rented out a coach for the day, mm-hmm. and it was, was some real like all all of us together. Like mm-hmm. some of them, some of them weren't Stoke fans, but they they come on for the experience and that. And they now watch Stoke mm-hmm. whenever they can mm-hmm. because it, memories, like I say, it's like going to Wembley. It's sort of a Especially for team like Stoke, who don't really get that many chances in finals, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. It's like it was one of those games you had to go. If if you could go, you had to go. Yeah, it, I see. This is where I I did go, and I I felt like that that was pivotal for me. Yeah, I was sort of a fan at the time, but once I'd gone to that game, I sort of knew, and that was just yeah. It, I I don't have words now. It was just pivotal it 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 notched me up a level i think of my commitment yeah. just because of how 
that's how good I knew it could be being a fan. I know as a Stoke fan, you don't always get there. And that's sort of the beauty of it. Yeah. The fact that those days come few and far between. Like, you'll see that Liverpool won 3 1 today and they're cut around, and like teams will go to Wembley every other year and try and win a trophy. We'll have that once every, seems like 50 years at the moment. So to have it, it and and to be there, knowing that it could be another fifty years before in an FA Cup semi final playing at Wembley again, that's special. Yeah, it was unreal. Like it's something that does stick with you. Like, mm-hmm. And I didn't realise this until the lockdown, but the match day rewinds that Stoke did on the U- on YouTube yeah. channels and that, I didn't realise I was on the TV at one point, <laughs> like, right at the end celebrating. Yeah, it was me, my dad, my mum, my sister again, and that's what got. The quarterfinal got, especially my sister, because she was at a good age where you, you sort of like, you're taking over and you're thinking, yeah, we, I won't get involved in this and this. And like, like she she got hooked from it because of, sort of like I say, again, the atmosphere. The, Is she still hooked now? The experience, yeah, she loves it now. Yeah. But then like, I'll always remember, like, we were all saying on the coach on the way down there, this one's our final. Like, mm-hmm. obviously... United, Man City, they are favourites for most things. Mm. I know Man City were only they only just had the money then. Didn't I was going to say, I think if anything, we wanted City, right? Yeah, we wanted, to, and we. But like I say City was still a good team then. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, Torre, Gerrard. Oh, like, yeah, it's, it's a great spine of a team, and like, and it well, and it proved to be, didn't yeah. it? Heart saving at one end when it was crucial, and then Torre scoring the winner. But, like, the thing that stick with me that final full time, the Man City fans all left before yeah. they'd even like there was all the Stoke fans stayed. Yeah, and I think it was because obviously Europe. I think that's the one thing that stuck with us Stoke fans on that day. Like mm-hmm. these are doing good in the league where they'll get Champions League, mm-hmm. and that means that we're going to get their mm-hmm. European chance. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Let's talk about Europe then. How much did you do the year? Um, we did. We went to the home ones. Yeah, and we did Valencia. Did you? Yeah. Oh, again, jealous. I I didn't do any away games. Valencia. <sighs> Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Valencia. Why? Because we knew it wouldn't happen again. Yeah. Uh, it's it's such a Stoke thing to do to draw a Champions League side. Mm-hmm. In like the mm-hmm. earliest round that you can, yeah, yeah. Going there and like seeing the team that he's put out, and you're like, we could, I went through the team over Christmas. Could be in for a long day. day. And well, yeah, they had so many good players. Like it's scary when you look back yeah. that we didn't get battered. We didn't really. No, we we had, on paper on another day we win that game three one. Mm-hmm. But. Obviously, it just so happened to be one our day, and then obviously the home leg wasn't our day either. No, but then some it, would argue we give up for the away leg, but yeah, I don't know. I think obviously we were struggling in the league at the time, weren't we? And you got yeah, that comes ev- first. Every right to prioritize the league. Let's be let's be honest, we weren't going to win Europa League. No, but then, but do you want to have another? I would have loved another another Valencia. Right? I would have loved another Valencia, but. All the Stoke fans that were there, even after full time, like the days after full time, where a few of us stayed and that, it didn't put a dampener on it. No, because we've had we've had the experience. Like 
that's what you wanted not, from not, him. Not many, not many fans get the opportunity like, like mm-hmm. following your team in Europe, and like, especially like we were just we were just Stoke at that time, little old Stoke. Mm-hmm. And, like, thinking, wow, Europe, like, this this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Obviously, never had, never had Europe since, but no, it's something you'll always look back on. Mm-hmm. And. It's worth skipping over the next season to some extent, but you'll have always followed a, a purely Stoke up until yeah. the following season, and then Pulis left. Now, for me, I was only two, three years into it, really, but even that was like, you know that meme in Finding Nemo where the fish are all in the bags at the end, and they say, like, now what? <laughs> That's what it felt like when Pulis got sacked. I was like, what do we do now? Uh-huh. When Pulis got sacked, I was like, I thought, like, well, what's going to happen now? Because we are like, like Pulis so, embodied us. I've become so accustomed to this style of football, this way of playing. Mm-hmm. We enjoy it. Obviously, it wasn't pretty, but we enjoyed it. And it worked for us. And then, obviously, you see Hughes get appointed, and you're like, well, he doesn't, the plays we have don't suit what he wants to do. No. And they didn't. And they like, didn't to some extent. I remember, I remember the photo of the banner. Like straight after he got announced, Hughes out on the van. On the van, I on was the like, yellow van. This this could go one of two ways here. Like this this could either be the worst or the best at times. And, and well, was it the best? Not the best, but it was not bad. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> considering. Bad. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, it, it's weird because Pulis got more like success, like on on paper on success. Paper, yeah, but. but I think I enjoyed following Stoke more with Hughes, which is strange because the games were just so much better, particularly yeah. when they got that blend right. When Stoke Alona happened, oh. got that blend right. Oh, it was brilliant. Right. So you, look, you look at some of the players that we were signing and you're thinking, how are we getting him? Mm-hmm. Right. Surely there's got to be another side that he could go to, but he's picked come to us. And you're like, Wow. Mm-hmm. Like when we signed, when we signed Arnautovic, obviously at the age I was, I was into like Fifas and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. And like I've seen him on career modes and that, and like yeah, he's 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 gonna be alright. He is. It's definitely sound like judging someone off Fifa. Yeah, but but it, I actually recognised by yeah, other people. Like I always remember, like me and it was me me and my mate who I go to the games with. We were doing a career mode with Stoke, and we signed not 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 someone who's with Stoke, but someone who's with Liverpool, Bobby mm-hmm. Firmino, mm-hmm. and that like, was before he was well known, and he mm-hmm. was incredible then. And obviously, then he's gone on to what he's done at Liverpool, and you're like, and he's surpassed even that. Like, <laughs> like wow, like, we like, it's all, it's all like, oh well, we found him. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's weird because like, the the signings we were making, it, it did get you a bit excited for like what could potentially be. Well, we were talking about Champions League. Yeah. Which is stupid now when you look back on it, but that's that's the momentum we got. And, you know, we sort of glossed over Mark Hughes' bit, which at first was tough, actually, thinking about it. You know, we didn't have the players that he wanted. We just didn't, did we? Like, he, he was trying to play more past the style of football and, and they couldn't achieve it. It was only possibly when Adam Winky came in and saved our season pretty much that... We stayed up in the first place. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a great bit of business. 
which is again daft because he was here for half a season really when he got injured after that for someone in Kenwin Jones I really liked wasn't oh. really Mark Hughes player Love Kenwin Jones, yeah. but he didn't suit Mark Hughes. No. He doesn't Mark Hughes doesn't do big forwards. No. He does he does the technical unless side. It's on, it. Unless it's on Outwitch on the wing. Oh yeah, but <laughs> on Outwitch was just a freak of nature, <laughs> let's be honest. He didn't play like a big forward, did he? No no man is that tall, that fast, that strong, but that agile. Mm-hmm. With that touch. Yeah, he's just like Wow. And obviously Odd and Wingy came in and yeah. Saved us. Saved us, really. And thank God, because yeah. then, like, we did start to sign the Bojans, the Muniezes, the Shakiris. They announced, well, they announced which came before that, but, you know, even, like, someone like Stephen Ireland was like, ooh, ooh. all right. Your name. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're quite a big name. And yeah. Like, you're like, wow. Like, and even, like, Begovic, who I, I thought. Oh, yeah. Without, without him. Butland. Butland, yeah. I, even though I think, were they both Pulis signings? Which is daft, because they came through in a Hughes era, I think. But I'm pretty sure Pulis signed them both. I'm sure Butland did, did, was at Wembley on deadline day, for like the whole day, and that's why we signed nobody, nobody else. Butland, Pulis was there on deadline day at Wembley, trying to get Butland to go through. I'm, I'm pre- I don't think Bangovic was. I'm pretty sure but Butland was. Mm. But Butland didn't get that chance until because obviously Begovic. Well, I, I thought Begovic was. Begovic is brilliant. I he? thought Begovic was our keeper for Begov- Europa Begovic. League in in the Premier League, and then we used Sorensen in the Europa League. Maybe that's hmm. Trying to think, but yeah, it might have been. But I think someone that, like yeah. Begovic came into his own. But he came into his own under Hughes, and it was like and, having a new sign. And Zonzi was a. Oh, a, a Pulis sign in, and yeah, he, 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 Mark Hughes just blew him out of the water. He's like, you look, you look at, and I, I can always remember the day we sold Enzonzi, as I was, I was on a school trip, like a week away with school, and you're like, oh, Enzonzi's gone, and we're like, great. Can, can you imagine if Pulis gonna, had Enzonzi for longer than the first season? Who's who's <laughs> going to fill this? <laughs> This gap in the middle. Yeah. And obviously, as it turns out, we never did actually replace him. No. I don't think. I, how, never, how do you, though? There's you very few players him. like that. You can't replace him because he was that good. You've got to be very lucky. We, got, we were lucky with what we signed anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely. You've got, like, you look at it and you're like, it's, you're never going to find someone as good as he was like at that age as well. You're never going to find anyone mm. who can do it consistently like he did. Mm-hmm. But you look. That's when we started panicking a bit in the windows. I think. I think we're sort of like, oh, this isn't working. Quick, let's get like this guy. And that's in. what I think. This is we had like second season syndrome. Like yeah, eight years too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you look at it like some some of the signings Hughes was making when he was when when people started to like sort of lose that bit of confidence in. You're like. Why are we signing him? Mm-hmm. Why are we signing him? Mm-hmm. I think, don't get me wrong, did some great bits of business for us, like Mamjouf. Cracking. In cracking. The end, really. On a free for, as well. On a free. Probably on a massive salary, but... Massive salary, yeah, but on a free. Yeah. Which that massive salary sort of would account for, but mm-hmm. obviously we went down and he was on that massive salary. And that but I, I do think he was worth it. He was worth it. Oh, 100% he was worth it. 100%. But that's it. Hughes, I think then... Which is weird because he sort of trusted the players that he inherited. 
I think that was the best thing about Hughes. Like, not only did he bring good people in, he he transformed players like Butland, Begovic, and Zanzi. I think he even someone like Whelan. Transformed Shawcross. Shawcross. Like, yeah. you, you looked at Shawcross when under Pulis, like, he can't pass a ball two yards. No. He can only do that one, route one, long ball. But, like, I think it was after after Pulis left, obviously, United were calling for Shawcross to go back and all that, but obviously he stayed and mm. you look at you look at someone like I think if he had left like we would just look back and like yeah he was a good player for mm. us but but because he stayed and because he was with us through all we've been through recently mm. you're like yeah this man is club legend status mm-hmm. now and he was I'm so grateful that he stayed mm-hmm. because without him we would have gone down a lot earlier I think yeah again just you you couldn't really re- replace him because he was he was captain he was someone that cared a lot something that players looked up to you look at his interviews that he's doing for the sentinel now and such and it, i think he did a uh a, a q a the friday this this friday just gone as we record this and it, and he was saying like what's the responsibility of of a captain like what did it mean to you and he says actually it was massive hassle trying to sort birthday presents out for people trying to you know bring bring players up when they were down and things like that yeah, obviously, obviously uh, as you know I'm involved in a club now mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, you see uh, our, our captain is a former pro from the other side of the city I should add however he's still one of the nicest men you'll ever meet mm-hmm. and you look, look at all the stuff that he's doing like obviously it's only non-league football but like the fine stuff which is a good bit of fun for the lads like pays for the end of season dues and all that mm-hmm. you know, like, even that even that, I see how much work goes into all that and you're like well we won't as fans that's yeah, the thing you don't like, obviously I know it's non-league but compare that to what a captain would do at pro level and you're like wow like, it is a big big step up mm-hmm. like you have to be sort of that level-headed, you have to be able to do both sides of it. Like you have to be able to calm people down. You have to be able to fire people up. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to have that quiet word with a single player to then individually fire him up, which will then fire the team up. Mm-hmm. It's there's so much to it, and I think we have like since he wasn't captain, we have missed that to a certain mm-hmm. extent. I think. Also, I'm not digging out Captain Joe now at all because obviously he's we don't see we don't see what he's like behind the scenes and he stayed the thing that'll stick with me with Joe Allen he stayed with us for the fight of the championship yeah and someone like him could have easily turned around and said I don't want to play anymore Mm -hmm. I'll just go I'll I'll be able to get a move to this Premier League club Mm. earn that bit more money that'll make me want to go and then this is just a bad patch on my career but Mm -hmm. he stayed with us for the fight and Mm. Obviously, it's overlooked a lot these it days. It is overlooked. Because yeah. I think he has degraded as a footballer with oh. us now. But again, yeah, you don't see that, that side though. in the dressing room, do you? I think obviously, you look at look at some of the experience, the experience, like, shall we say, that we've got in the dressing room at the minute. Like your likes of Joe Allen, James Chester, James Chester on, on the pitch. Yeah, like he makes the mistakes, mm-hmm. but you must be good o- to have o- around for the O'Neill. Obviously, likes him. To be around, mm-hmm. obviously, when Joe's not in the team, he'd be captain. Mm-hmm. And you're like, as a fan, like I said, like as a fan, looking down on it, you only see, you only see that the grass pitch with the two goals either side. You only see what he's like on there. Mm-hmm. But behind the scenes, he must be doing something that gets this team working. Mm-hmm. 
and you can and O'Neill can obviously see that and as fans we have to trust the manager yeah and especially with what he's done like, keeping us up like he obviously knows what he's doing mm-hmm. like, you could see that in Northern Ireland anyway yeah so if he thinks he's good to have around let him let him be around mm-hmm. well you know what we we sort of transitioned nicely there there was a big flash forward the last five six seven years but to be honest they were crap anyway so who cares <laughs> Um, you did start to talk about there what you're involved with more recently. Let's go back a little bit. So you mentioned like what you're interested in as a young fan. You started playing football and such. What were your ambitions then growing up? Obviously, as a kid, you always want to be a professional footballer. Of course, you did. But I think it's when did that it, dream die? It, it all the, <laughs> well, no, because I, I was half decent as a kid. Yeah. It was just my size. Like right. I was tiny. Yeah. But uh, I I still had opportunities. I, I was at Stoke for a little bit. Not long. Like mm-hmm. Only sort of a season or so. Well, mm-hmm. because of my size and that. And he's ne- never like academy level, but sort of like developmental and stuff like mm-hmm. that. He's just like, you look at it then, it was like a lot of work. But as a, as a kid who's also got high school, on, like just started high school, you're like, it's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, more than and you know, footballers go up so much. Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't say I fell out of love with it, but yeah, you know, I thought oh, I'm happy just doing what I'm doing. I'm I'm playing football with my mates week in week out. We weren't a bad side. We won quite a bit. We're like, yeah, this is sort of this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, obviously, I've always been involved with football. I would be playing or watching and like I can still be involved with a team still be involved with like as me with my age you want you want kind of like banter with like the players and like that's sort of what what I was missing I think mm-hmm. I was sort of missing having that and now obviously now I'm involved it's like I, I get that to a place where I don't need to worry about playing mm-hmm. like I get all the benefits that I would like and I don't need to worry about 90 minutes on a pitch, mm-hmm. which is good because I won't be able to do 90 minutes now anyway. No. <laughs> None of us could. I don't think I could last half an hour. So your perspective changed then, and you were thinking, right, you were still interested in football, but you wanted to do it in a different way. Yeah. It's like... So I think I sort of... As I went to college and now uni, I'm like, I'm like there's so much oversized of football that people don't see mm-hmm. like the inner workings of football shall we say they're businesses now aren't they yeah they're all runners business even non-league clubs are runners businesses mm-hmm. you know like well, there's so much to learn here there's there's so much potential for especially someone at my age to come into this and sort of be like let me put my stamp on on this and mm-hmm. let's see where this will take me kind mm-hmm. of thing and that's what I was sort of Wow! I, yeah, there's so much to it that I can learn. There's so much to it that I I could like help improve to a certain extent. And you're like, this is something that I want to do. I I get all the benefits of playing, but I don't need to play. I can do my own thing, but mm-hmm. still enjoy it. And that's what I was looking at, and that's obviously what happened. And never looked back since. Yeah. Well, you mentioned there. You touched on you went. And did college or uni now? You're doing what degree are you doing now? Sports journalism. Sports journalism. So, well in there, well in there for football clubs. And I take it you decided at some point you needed some work experience. Yeah, well, obviously, 
the bang on about the final year one of it is work experience and you're like well if I sort it early rather than later it'll be a bit easier for me and mm-hmm. an opportunity arose where there was a thing that got passed around uni and you're like well, I might go for this like something different at the time it was different mm-hmm. because of pre-pandemic so like you look at you look at non-league football pre-pandemic compared to post-pandemic completely different mm-hmm. completely different and you're like this is different obviously bad side of things was I would miss Stoke games more often than I want to mm. but we, that's we've been of, a little bit vague about it so the the role we're talking about is back then yeah it was just helping do the media for yeah well, been, for, well we're not said I don't think no. you, you're at Hanley Town right yeah which is really cool yeah by the way like the fact that we've not talked we've been talking for 45 minutes we've not touched on this yet nah, um, like it, it, it's strange because I, I remember Hanley Town being bought out I, th- I think is the right word probably a few years ago no it wasn't that that long ago was it two or three years it was the season Covid hit so yeah I, so when I started that's when the new chairman came in right so I and that's why I think I've got that relationship with him mm-hmm. because we both came at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there after. I was there at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we obviously like the shareholders and that can see the change now. But mm-hmm. wow, when obviously obviously it was brilliant the first season. I was there, brilliant like the lads. So, so what? So what were you doing the first season? You were there. I was just. Like doing the Twitter on a match day, okay, like, and making making the program and stuff like that. So okay. it's sort of just be- very basic sort of roles that you say that, but the, that ev- but the, ev- every club has to do, of course. And it and it and it's quite cool because like they're seen and touched the program and the social media by so, so many, many different people. Yeah, like we've like, I've grew it as well as like the people who I do it with. Mm. Like we've grew it massively over the past two years, mm-hmm. and like. You look at it, the first season, like the players. There was no no ex pros the first season. Mm-hmm. I was like, it was all just it was just lads who were just there. And then I remember the manager uh, at the time, Mickey Morton, well known in non league, lo- lovely bloke as mm-hmm. well. He was like, "Well, the chairman's come to me and said like there's a chance we could sign Ricardo Fuller." Right. And I was just like, "So this was after 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 the new chairman coming, right? Yeah, which was so this." It was, uh, I'm trying to think when I start. So I applied my first. I applied for the role the first year mm-hmm. of uni, sort of January time. Mm-hmm. So that's for two years ago. Yeah, two years mm-hmm. ago, just gone. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there was loads of buzz around it. I remember because yeah. that's when sort of Men Unite, Men Unite got, got yeah. really involved, right? Yeah, because through Ron that was. Yeah. obviously he was involved with Men United so they came on board mm-hmm. and it was brilliant and not, obviously it's a very important subject mm. it was brilliant to have at the club and they're still at the club and it's like mm-hmm. yeah this is good it's a good place to be like, it's real fam- like, that's, it's, I know every football club's a family but yeah. like when you're involved in it you're like wow you're not just an employee or something no. like, it feels like a big group pulling yeah like, it's like, but, like, I remember but I, I signed Ricardo Fuller's like sign on sheets for the league yeah and well like, this is where it gets interesting for for anyone who doesn't know perhaps you're an overseas fan right listens to this so Hanley Town very local team for us to yeah. add sat here right um, 
non-league team, not necessarily pulling up any trees. Got taken over by we mentioned Man United men's mental health charity. I got no, it's not even Man United just a sponsor who was Sorry, ta- yes, taken over just by a sponsor by um, Ron, who's fantastic bloke. Yeah, like, yeah, top top bloke. He's helped me massively through yeah. everything I've wanted to do, and he's come in and he changed changed what was there massively. Yeah, like I look at I look at it and I think back like it's so different now, but it's so different in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like it's mad to think like the change and how quick that change has happened yeah it's like yeah this is this is good well we'll get to some off the pitch changes in a minute then in that case because you're you're going to have some by the sounds of it but on the pitch this is where it gets interesting for Stoke fans so you've already touched on Ricardo Fuller signed family town and then others followed and it's it, it's literally just getting the band back together. Where <laughs> that's that that's how it seems from a distance, anyway. It, and it, it it's great. Cause it, it's it's pulled in such an interest from so many local people. I remember when we signed for obviously it was when grounds are limited to capacity, mm-hmm. like, so we could only have I think it was three hundred, maybe three fifty in the ground at one time. And I remember announcing that while well, we're unveiling him at this game mm-hmm. and we put the because we were doing online tickets because it was so much easier mm-hmm. for for monitoring numbers and yeah. that and I remember how fast he sold out mm-hmm. like I think wow all due like, he's, a, he's a football legend around here isn't he mm-hmm. and he's playing for us yeah, yeah. And he wasn't even, he wasn't even playing that day either <laughs> we were just unveiling him at half time and I've still got the photo and the video on my phone that I took because that was sort of like my first big thing mm-hmm. that I've been a part of. And I'm like, that memory will stick with me forever of even just walking onto the pitch with him mm-hmm. and like him talk, like speaking to me. And I remember that day, anything he needed, it wasn't Ronnie went to, it wasn't the secretary at the time that he went to, it wasn't Mick, the manager he went there to. There was no it power was, gap. It was me. That he yeah. went, it was like this is a bit surreal this because <laughs> like, like, I, I did it at the time I did the media with two other lads but they both weren't from around here just obviously at the uni but mm-hmm. one was from sort of Luton ways and one was uh, Solly always mm-hmm. and you're like obviously they knew who he was obviously but they didn't sort of have that like yeah yeah, 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 yeah. they didn't get it's, starstruck perhaps yeah and you're like he's just an ordinary bloke yeah He's just an old bloke who's, as well. who's played football, and he's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, brilliant. And I, I like to say, others followed. So, who am I missing? I'm going to be some. So, so Carl Dickinson is now the manager, player manager, yeah. player manager. Rand Shotton, Shotton now yeah. plays. Who else am I missing? Uh, is there anyone else? Danny Pugh. Danny Pugh. Yes, he, obviously I know he's involved with the under 18s at Stoke now, so he doesn't really yeah. get much time play for us. But uh-huh. whenever he's available, he'll. They always yeah. come down and it's just like, wow. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you've got some from the other side of the city. You've got Dags from Crew, mm-hmm. who's a legend at Crew, let's be honest. Mm. And you're like, wow. <laughs> but then like, even even with the ones from the other side, like Louis Dodds, mm-hmm. like, that's a massive name for the other side. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, 
fair play, Mace. And it's strange because it's it it Hanley Town is bringing a city together in a or certain certain parts of the city anyway together in a very strange way. That's that that's so warming actually. The, the thing that'll stick with me is the Brackley game from this season. Brackley Town, for those that don't know, National League North side. Mm-hmm. So quite high up. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Drew them at home in the FA Cup. Third we've ever gone in the FA Cup. Third round qualifier. Mm-hmm. So that's. If you win that game, you have to win one more, and then that's the first round proper, which is proper, massive yeah. for any non-league side. Yeah, it will be, won't it? You don't get many at all. And you look at uh, how big it's been for like Kidderminster this season. Oh yeah, a club at Hanley's level enters the very, very first round of the yeah. FA Cup as well. Yeah, and you're like, and like, we took the lead against them as well, and you're like, <laughs> you look at that. The Stoke fans that were there didn't manage to go to the game that they were playing that day, and Vale were. Vale were on at three o'clock that day mm-hmm. and so many Vale fans came down mm-hmm. and you're like you see the Stoke and Vale fans usually nowhere near each oh, other yeah. but it's weird like through, through those gates it's one common thing and that's the only thing they look at they don't care if the Stoke and Vale fans mm-hmm. they are together is it like a second team in that sense yeah it, think for it's, it's a second team for, it's it's some people first team like some people yeah. absolutely love yeah. non-league football and like Fair play, mate. Like we appreciate you a lot. Mm-hmm. Like you help us massively, like more than people will realise. Mm-hmm. But like the people that come, like when they're away from home, and you're like, yeah, like this is this is good. And then like on the odd occasion when Stoke and Vale are away from home, and you're like we get both sides packed out. It's like these two groups wouldn't be seen near each other. No, and now they're together, and it's just like, and obviously there's. You look, at, you look at the players who play for both sides of the city. I think only Dicko could probably go down as mm-hmm. the status that he has done for both sides, and mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. that's just because of who he is. Yeah. Well, he seems like a a nice guy. I think he was known at Stoke for for being quite personable. Because, like, I just remember the Delilah when we went up. <laughs> yeah. Is that wow? Uh, obviously, I know him wild now. Yeah. Like, with my role now at Hanley. You, you look at like they're ex-pros in the end of the day so like, you look at them and even other teams in our league have said like there's nothing big time about them mm-hmm. they're just they're just there to enjoy football mm-hmm. and it is like you look, I've, I've watched you play football for Stoke and mm-hmm. now we're at the same team together and mm-hmm. it's just like yeah wow you mentioned some off the pitch changes as well yeah so I think We'll talk about more of, of, of like following a non-league club from a fan's point of view later, but in terms of how you think it's changed, Hanley's changed off the pitch over the last couple of years, what would you say? Off the pitch, massively. Like, sort of. And obviously, how they're playing now has had a massive impact on that. Yeah, of course, right? But, like, the, play, the players and all the staff that are there, like, like Dave Kevin, like, you know, off off the pitch, like they're all brilliant with you, mm-hmm. and like, as I'm I'm still young, so that's all you could really like, just like they respect you because you, in the end of the day, especially with my role, I am helping them, like with what they're doing, mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah, like they all respect you, like even the lads who aren't say ex pros, but they've all played at a level where you're like yeah. Like one of them's played in the Welsh Premier League, which mm-hmm. is still a very good level. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like, he's, he's such a nice man. You know, like, even like the lads who have been released from academies, like well, we've got one lad who got released from Vale, uh, Ryan Campbell Gordon. So he's my age, and I think that's why I get on with him so well. Mm-hmm. And he's he's just he's such a nice kid, and like yeah, it's like you know like, the lads who got released from so like Reese Jones. It's just like they're my age, but like, I've got such a different role at this club to them. But you feel just as important, but right? We all feel like we're all together, and mm. that—that's what—that's what's happened. That's the change. Like the togetherness is massive. Like all—all all players and all staff are all together, which mm-hmm. is all you can ask for at a club. Yeah, I can see that with Hanley. It, it's a, uh, as I mentioned before, it for me, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong. It's something that you don't really get in non-league. Quite a. It is like a culty following. That's what it seems like, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It seems like there's there's so so many parts of the city have come behind Hanley for for various reasons, right? Whether it be ex players or whether it's just because you know non league's a great day out because there's plenty of non league clubs around here. This this city's got so so many non league yeah, clubs, but it's Hanley that seems to be. Uh, you, you, and Hanley aren't even the highest standard of non league. No, uh, where, you've got where are Hanley? So Hanley are currently step five of sort of non-league pyramids so that's step nine overall and playing in the Midlands Premier League but then you've got teams like Kids Grove and Mm -hmm. Newcastle who are that league above you've got Leak Town who are only around the corner who who are a great side Mm -hmm. great side and obviously so much has gone on there with like the new 4G pitch and all that and it's just like but people are Obviously, some people will go to Leak over Hanley but you're still getting those people who would rather come to Hanley than Leak and you're like Mm -hmm. Yeah, like this is good. Yeah, like, this and, is really and it's good. because there's clearly something else other than the standard of football. There's something else going on there, right? I just, I think it's more sort of the family feel that you get at the club. Mm. Like, it's always a warm welcome. Like you can see all the volunteers. And so I'm a volunteer. I I don't get paid for what I do. Mm-hmm. But it's just like all the volunteers. We're all together. Like. Not none of them. None of them get paid for what they do, mm. and they're like, yeah, we're all here because a, we love the club, mm-hmm. and b because most importantly, we want to be here. Mm-hmm. We've got no obligation. The pressure's off to some extent, right? Yeah, we've if got it, no obligation to be here, but yeah. we want to be here. Yeah, yeah and that's yeah. like, yeah, that's why volunteering at non-league. So, like, as someone my age who wanted that experience, mm-hmm. I'm so so happy that I decided, yeah, let's mm-hmm. do it. I, th- I think that's that that's really good of you. It's also really good of anyone else who's volunteering there. It's good of Hanley though as well. Again, to breed that culture of like, yes, it's 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 okay to volunteer and and do stuff like that because I I think a lot of people would would say, I know non league's not got much money, but a lot of people will say, well, you know, you you know, pay your interns and such like that. But it's great that they've developed an atmosphere where. And it's probably because you feel so inclusive, so t- so together, just as important as the players, is that, well, it's not necessary because, you know, I'm doing something better than just getting paid. You know, yeah. it's something you want to do. And, it, I, and it's going to be so good for you as well, right? Yeah, it's like, that's the thing. You've got to want to do it first and foremost. Like, that's the most important thing for it. But it's it's such a... It's such a nice feeling that you get, when, especially when the team's performing on the pitch. You're like... I'm a part of this, mm-hmm. like, and this club is doing doing bits this season, mm-hmm. like, and I'm a part of it. And I was like, 
obviously the role I have there now, like I'm secretary there now, which mm. is arguably the most important role at a football club. Mm. I've been told that many a times <laughs> that I now have the most important role. As you're in charge of making sure the players are registered on time, any signings that you make, making sure that goes through fine, all the bookings and stuff like that. Mm. And then you've got like a mat- at home on a match day. I am everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm on the gate, letting people in, taking people's money. I'm I'm sorting out the referee when he arrives. I'm sorting out the players if they ever need any. It seems like, and I love it. Like, I mm-hmm. I love it. And the one thing I do love is that if the players need anything, like they will just come to me and just ask if I can sort it. And mm. that's what I like. That's that shows that I'm doing something right and that definitely that makes and that makes me happy, yeah. You're so young. You you're twenty, you said. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a that that's a surreal bit for me. Like these 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 fully fledged adults who've been at you know, properly big setups, you know, you think of Stoke Vale and the like, you know, proper institutions. I'm not saying that Hanley's not, but like, you know, when when your secretary's twenty and voluntary and doing so well, like that that that's kudos to you. That genuinely is kudos to you. It's like, oh, whenever we go away from home and it's against a team that we've not played or doesn't doesn't know sort of Hanley, it, it, I seem to just be in the right place at the right time to ask, oh, who's who's your secretary mate? That's what I'll get asked. Mm-hmm. And like the shock on people's faces when I go, oh, it, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> and no, like, yeah, who's your boss? Yeah, like, and like you're a bit young for this, aren't you? Mate? Yeah, and it's like. In a sense, I'm sort of like, what's new about non-league is this sort of younger sort of base of it. Mm-hmm. And it's so, I think it's so important to have a good mix of, obviously you get your older people there who, who are there for mm-hmm. for sort of see their friends and see people and have, have those chats, have the cup of teas that you have in there. Mm-hmm. But it's so important, I think, to have that mix of sort of, Older, so then you've got like sort of like your middle age, like 40 year olds there as well. Mm-hmm. And then to have that younger base as well, where with everything being so te- technology heavy, especially mm-hmm. with the pandemic just gone and mm-hmm. everything so technology heavy, having that younger person who has grew up on this technology. I, th- I think that's why Hanley's taken that opportunity over the, over the pandemic because they definitely have. It's like, because so you look at some of the people. Now and like every time I get taught, every time I say to people oh, I'm the secretary, it's like oh like you'd be able to help our secretary with the technical side of things because he's it's hard and I, I say I know how hard it can be for people, mm-hmm. but like, it's like like I remember the first meeting I went in my first role as secretary I had to go to a league meeting which you have to do every year mm-hmm. AGMs are called and like like. I've got to go and I've got to show my face. We're new to the league as well and mm-hmm. we're already getting this reputation of, oh, we're signing big players. Mm-hmm. So we're not very well liked. Mm-hmm. But that that changes after they've played us. After they've played us, they see what we're about. Uh-huh. They, see, they see the togetherness that we have and they're like, yeah, you're not as bad as people make out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of teams, especially the, t- the local teams around here, don't particularly like Hanley for the pure fact that... Because it's almost like the equivalent of a Leipzig or something, maybe. It, it's for the pure fact that it happens where no matter where you're from in non-league football, it'll happen. If a team is trying to progress in non-league football, the other local teams around you won't like the idea Why is that? Because they don't think like, oh, well, you're it, too good for us or something? Or? I think it's more of a sort of like... Because obviously you look at the teams, especially in Stoke, 
shall we say. So like Abbey, they've always been sort of at the level they're at. Mm-hmm. Kids Grove, Newcastle, always been step four, mm-hmm. g- good step five, good step four side. That's mm-hmm. what they've been. Hanley have always, well, Hanley were, Hanley was, got promoted to step six from step six in, a, I think, 20, 2013-ish. Recent enough. Yeah. yeah. So that was when they got to step six and obviously to step five now. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're fairly new. We're still fair. We haven't sort. We've paid our dues at step five, but we're still fairly new to it, shall mm-hmm. we say? And we've gave. This is the first season. I'd say we've gave it a proper, a proper go. Like this mm-hmm. is the first season. We've sort of thinking. Yeah, let's let's see. I think when the season got curtailed, the last season got curtailed. I think we were eighth. Mm-hmm. We had games in hand, and it was a hot. Don't get me wrong. It was a different league. Mm-hmm. Obviously the so many step five leagues and we got moved into a new league this season mm-hmm. and I think that that was sort of the making of us kind of thing because it let us do our thing like it let us bring in the players that we wanted who maybe not might not have suited mm-hmm. uh, the other league shall we say because no matter what every, every football inside has different philosophies like on pressing stuff like that mm-hmm. and I think maybe in the other league you do get pressed that bit more. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; some of the teams in this in this league are an absolute joke. <laughs> and the thing, and the thing that will always stick with me is what Dave Kevin said to me after the very first league game of the season. We were at home; we won three one, mm-hmm. but that scoreline really did flatter us. I, I'd say a draw would have been a fair result first game of the season. And I remember Dave after say, saying to me, "It's like." the standard of football is not bad mm-hmm. and that's coming from a man like, obviously the other side of the city know him very well but obviously so do we mm-hmm. like, he, he was at Stoke and you're like if he's saying the standard of football is good then it must have something about it mm-hmm. and I think that's what lots more people are realising that it, it isn't just a, like, a group of men who are looking forward to the pub after obviously we go in the pub after <laughs> obviously that's normal obviously yeah. people go in the pub after but you look at it now and you think there's some great players at non-league football and you look at you look at the Premier League players now who have come from non-league football and you're like oh this could happen to anyone yeah and that's that's what's great about it well I was going to ask that so starting to wrap up this off I think bearing in mind everything you just said there what's the best thing about being at Hanley Town right now the group of lads that are there yeah yeah just being able to work with them. Yeah. Like, obviously, obviously, you bring someone in based on their football and ability. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because you want, you in the end of the day, you do, the team we've got, you want to win the league. Mm-hmm. But, it's not just that. You, we're bringing people in who are equally, good, great footballers, great footballers, but also lovely, lovely people. Ones you want to go to want, the pub with that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's what, that's what's so great about it. Like, there's no individuals. Mm-hmm. Like you look at some teams where maybe like, yeah, you can see, you can see sort of individualists there, and you're like, yeah, if you look at them like, take it way too seriously. You you could be, it's not a case of taking it way too seriously. It's like more cases like you could help your team so much more if right, if you weren't too focused on yourself. Uh huh. And obviously everyone everyone wants to have that little bit of focus on themselves, Mm -hmm. otherwise. What's the point? Yeah, yeah. But 
there's some like you look at some people and normally go like yeah just mm. help, help the team that bit more mm. and we don't get any individualists at Hanley and that's what's so great about it mm-hmm. what would you say the most challenging thing is I'm not going to say what's the worst thing because there probably isn't one but like what's the most challenging thing for you because actually it'll, it'll probably bring out the best in you in the end most challenging is probably I wouldn't say the abuse to a certain extent but sort of like when you've got like the other team saying stuff and you're like I know it's not aimed at me but it's aimed at the club I'm heavily involved with and you're like I wish to get to know sort of the real Hanley shall we say mm-hmm. rather than the Hanley that they see plastered on the social media mm-hmm. like just get to know the real Hanley and you'll see that yeah yeah we've got all these ex-pros but in the end of the day we are still we've still got the same like sort of ethos as you do mm-hmm. and that that's the main thing like we are we're the same just under a different name really mm-hmm. we are the same hey it's true we've had people on this podcast who like support two teams and like they get abuse for that and you think it's just after we all like football at the end of the day and, like he's 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 been to watch like Aston Villa games the guys I'm thinking of and like just the abuse that is different a rivalry's different I think a rivalry's fine a rivalry yeah every football club has a rivalry but like hatred of somebody else because you're not a lead to, the, to yeah. the same team is is odd. Yeah, it's, it's but he's he's not uncommon in non-league. But it is a bit like some days you're thinking like just have a day off. Mm-hmm. Like, but I've I've learned now to kind of just take it in my stride. And I was like, saying this. I, I think it'll bring out the best in bring, you. Bring, You'll get that thick yeah, skin. Like bring they brought out the best in all the lads. Like the lads will know. Obviously they'll know what people are saying and that. And obviously, we keep putting in the performances, so obviously it's doing something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's getting around. Sometimes it's hard, but sometimes it's like, you know, like yeah, this will motivate me. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll wrap up this half. I think so. I'll ask you a couple of questions first. What one? Bearing in mind we've talked about you at Hanley Town and as a Stoke City fan, if we're talking. I'm not saying that things from Hanley Town can't be included in this, but your top memories as a Stoke fan. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like you've worked so with some Stoke City related. Obviously, obviously, I've worked with them, but as a Stoke, uh, that's just kind of that's a different relationship to like a fan relationship because now it's personal. Like I said to yeah. you before, but I'd say what was in top three. Top three. Let's go top three. Top three is that all right? Yeah. So uh, three, quite a recent one. Barnsley away. Okay. One four two. Okay. Four. Yeah. That's when I started to believe that season that we could. Which is strange because was Cause that was O'Neill's so, first? Yeah. Yeah. O'Neill's first game. And it was so it was still looking back. It was still early on in the season to an extent. But oh, it was November. We were it? so far behind the other teams. It was just like <laughs> it was inevitable. I I thought that we were gunners. Oh yeah, I thought yeah, this is not give good. ourselves too much to do. Yeah, but obviously they pulled they pulled it off and they're like mm-hmm. yeah fair play but Barnes, Barnsley away because it was a great a great away day as well yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, second I'd go with Valencia mm-hmm. because and I feel so privileged like to have experienced like these glory days as a mm-hmm. Stoke fan mm-hmm. uh, but yeah Valencia is just like mind blowing mm-hmm. it's like wow like 
such a great stadium and a stadium that not many English support English football team supporters will get to go to, shall we say? Mm-hmm. And it's just like wow, mm-hmm. and it's such a great city as well. Yeah, like a great, great city, and I perhaps didn't sort of appreciate that as much. You probably back weren't then. old enough. I was, yeah, thing. I was at the age where I would, but like if I went like now, I'd like I've I've, I've watched the door. I've been to Dortmund and I've watched them play, mm-hmm. and it's just like they lost, but. That experience will stay with you forever. Mm-hmm. And then favourite experience got to be Bolton 5-0 yeah. when we won. It was just like, sort of that whole day you was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is what it's, this is what football is about. Yeah. I would like to give an honourable mention to uh, Stoke Villa. The first home game. Yeah. But yeah, damn me top three. Don't blame you. Again, you're very lucky. Considering you're only 20, very lucky to have had those memories. I've spoke to some fans older who haven't had those memories. I haven't had some of those that, that you just mentioned. Yeah, fair play. You've had it good, considering. I, th- I think there's a lot ahead of you, considering. Oh, definitely glory days. Yeah. I mean, but... I, I was going to say to me, I'm like... It's, it's sort of not my fault that I've experienced that. No. Oh, no, 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 no. That I'm, I'm obviously so lucky that I've experienced it. But... That's not necessarily the reason why you're in it. No, I, I love I love the championship. I think the championship's a great league. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so I, I look at it now when I'm thinking watching the championship. It's so much more enjoyable, shall we say, than the Premier League because mm-hmm. the championship anyone can do anything in there. Mm-hmm. And that was proven with us. Like we were favourites, mm-hmm. and look at look at us. Like what happened there, mm-hmm. and then when Jones came in again one of the favourites and look how poorly we started mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. anything can happen and it it it's just like in the end of the day you just gotta you're supporting this team so you support them and that's what that's what I'll always do and it's when you least expect it as well right yeah definitely yeah. so book your tickets for Wembley folks <laughs> um okay I think we'll call half time there for those familiar with the podcast then ask a break question at half time so this is more of a long thinker so I'll ask you a question now I'll give you time to have a think about it and I'll get your answer after the break so your break question again I try and be a bit creative with these but I found I'm falling into a pattern anyway so you can probably predict what's coming actually um, I'm asking you can choose any Stoke player of past or present to come and play for Hanley Town now bearing in mind you've got to consider how they'd be on the pitch performing and working with them off the pitch as you've mentioned it's so important who would you pick and why that's a that's a great question and again I don't want your answer now I want your answer after the break and with that that brings the A side of file 51 to a close what a lovely lad Will is. It was a long time since we've recorded this podcast. I think it was around January we recorded the first half. Um, you could probably tell that by the optimistic talk of potential promotion at the end there. Um, but yeah, what a lovely lad. And what a good job he's doing as well at Hanley Town. Um, of course, riddled with lots of ex-Stoke players in there. Yeah, just a really nice chat with him. And like I say, he's experienced such a lot 
as a Stoke fan for being so young and there's plenty ahead of him I'm sure it looks like he's so keen on getting into football and we'll talk about that more in the B-side how he's going to develop as a Stoke fan and someone who wants to work in the football industry that B-side will be released a few days after this A-side going live and I promise that this time not (laughs) as it wasn't with the last one Uh, so make sure you keep an eye on your podcast feeds for that And of course, just a reminder that this show really does rely on people like you, like Will has done, to take part. You can head to the yywyfiles.com and click get involved to find out more. You can send a message to at the yywyfiles on social media or send an email to the yywyfiles at mail.com if you've got any questions for me at all. You can find all those links in the podcast description. And that just leaves to say thank you very much for listening and until the next one. But don't forget, it could be your fault one day. There's a need to force you Pants of mine